Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today's message comes from the New Testament reading of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in 1998, before all the youth who are here for the retreat this weekend were born, Steven Spielberg made a movie called Saving Private Ryan which tells the story of an army captain named John Miller, played by Tom Hanks, who in the aftermath of the World War II D-Day invasion at Normandy Beach is ordered to find one private among thousands of soldiers spread throughout the land. His job is to return Private James F. Ryan, played by Matt Damon, home to his mother, whose other three sons have been killed in action. Captain Miller and the small group of men assigned to him successfully locate Ryan, but then are forced to defend a strategic bridge against enemy tanks and troops. Captain Miller is fatally wounded, and in his dying moments, he reaches out to Private Ryan and with great emotion says, Earn this. Earn this. Many years later, as an old man, James Ryan stands in a veteran's cemetery, tearfully looking at the tombstone of the man who saved his life. He wonders aloud if he has indeed earned the great gift he received. 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on the cross that we might live forever. He died to give us eternal life. In his final words, he did not suggest that we could ever earn such a gift. Instead, he cried triumphantly, It is finished. Every time we gather in worship, we stand in the presence of the one who earned that salvation for us, the one who, I can at least speak for myself, saved my life. This is the story that we hear on Sunday. This is the story that we tell about salvation that has been earned for us by someone else, Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection. This is the gospel story. This is the message of the cross. This is the good news of great joy that is proclaimed by men and angels alike. But this is also a story that many people do not want to hear. Our world wants to change the story, wants us to revise the story, wants us to be politically correct in our storytelling wants us to tell the story from the perspective of one particular side. And that side is, of course, the side that they tell you you're supposed to be on. When we look at 1 Corinthians 15 today, we're going to see that Paul has no interest in being politically correct. He has no interest in rewriting history. His goal is to provide a biblically accurate view of history. Paul knows that history is really his story, that is, God's story, of how he redeemed the world, how he bought back the world from its sinfulness, from death, from hell, because that is what we all deserve because of our sin. We deserve death. We deserve hell. That is what we have earned for our sinful actions. Paul's message of the cross is the message of grace, Last week, we celebrated our LAMP ministry, our northern ministry, and you heard that for the Bible camp, grace meant God rescues all children everywhere. 
You may have also heard before that grace can mean God's riches at Christ's expense. We are saved, we are rescued, not by what we do, but by what Christ has done. And he has done this for all people. And so in verses 3 to 8, Paul lays out eight key historical points. The first is that Christ died for our sins, in verse 3. The second is that Christ was buried, verse 4. The third is that Christ was raised on the third day, verse 4. The fourth is that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve, verse 5. The fifth is that he appeared to more than 500 people at one time, verse 6. The sixth is that he appeared to James and the apostles, verse 7. The seventh is that he appeared to Paul, verse 8. And the eighth is that this message is for you, verse 3. This message of the resurrection is more than just a message, a story. Because for Paul, it was a reality. Because the risen Lord had appeared to him. Paul, who considers himself to be the worst of sinners, because before the resurrected Lord appeared to him, he was persecuting the church. He was killing Christians. And if this message is for someone like Paul, then this message is for all. This message is for you. Christ is the one who is on the cross, and God is the one who builds the church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's Christ's church. And so when we talk about our roles within the church, we need to remember this wise piece of advice someone once said. There is only one God, and you are not him. I am not him either. I could not die for your sins. Paul could not die for your sins. Martin Luther could not die for your sins. Only Jesus the Christ could die for us. And only God can build the church. And God builds it up by using people. People like you and me. People like Paul in the Corinthians. God calls us to share the gospel message, the message of grace. Notice what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. Or what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Paul is saying, the news is so good and so important, he could not keep it to himself. If you go and eat at a new restaurant and the food is delicious, are you just going to keep it to yourself and reserve that restaurant in the hope that no one else finds out about it? Or are you going to tell your friends about it so that they get to enjoy the goodness of that restaurant as well? If you do that with food for the body, shouldn't you do that with food for the soul? Paul does not keep the gospel message to himself. He passes it on. It's like a little light that shines. Are you going to hide it under a bushel? No, you're going to let it shine. Because the light that you are shining is Christ, the light of the world. The truths Paul shares about God's grace, about the death and resurrection of Jesus, are the same truths that all of us are able to share as well. 
And as we go and share that good news, we can remember that we share by grace and with God's power, not by any doing of our own. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. We share the message of God's grace and what he does in us and through us, and sometimes it happens even without our knowledge. There's a story you may have heard before about a water bearer who had two large pots, each hung on each end of a pole, which he carried across his neck. One of the pots had a crack in it, and while the other pot was perfect and always delivered a full portion of water at the end of the long walk from the stream to the master's house, the cracked pot arrived only half full. For a full two years, this went on daily, with the bearer delivering only one and a half pots full of water in his master's house. Of course, the perfect pot was proud of its accomplishments, perfect to the end for which it was made. But the poor cracked pot was ashamed of its own imperfection and miserable that it was able to accomplish only half of what it had been made to do. After two years of what it perceived to be a bitter failure, it spoke to the water bearer one day by the stream. I am ashamed of myself, and I want to apologize to you. Why, asked the water bearer, what are you ashamed of? The cracked pot replied, I have been able, for these past two years, to deliver only half of my load because this crack in my side causes water to leak out all the way back to your master's house. Because of my flaws, you have to do all of this work and you don't get full value from your efforts. The water bearer felt sorry for the old cracked pot and in his compassion he said, As we return to the master's house, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along the path. Indeed, as they went up the hill, the old cracked pot took notice of the sun warming the beautiful wild flowers on the side of the path, and this cheered it some. But at the end of the trail, it still felt bad because it had leaked out half its load, and so again it apologized to the bearer for its failure. The bearer said to the pot, Did you notice that there were flowers only on your side of the path, but not on the other pot's side? That's because I have always known about your flaw, and I took advantage of it. I planted flower seeds on your side of the path, and every day while we walk back from the stream, you've watered them. For two years, I have been able to pick these beautiful flowers to decorate my master's table. Without your being just the way you are, he would not have these beautiful flowers to grace his house. What's the point? What appears broken can actually be a blessing. We are all cracked pots. Because of sin, we are not perfect. We are cracked, broken, yet God can use us. And his grace, not our guilt and shame, his work in us is the reason that we share what God has done for us. The Holy Spirit is at work in our life, in our faith, to help us be a cracked pot that spreads water. So like Paul, we can go in God's grace and go boldly in our weaknesses and with God's strength. God, in his grace, uses us. So who are you watering for him with your cracked pot? 
This reminds me of something we heard from Paul earlier in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. It seems like each year the world, society, gets further and further away from God, that more and more people know nothing about him, about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And God calls us. Some are called to plant. Some are called to water. But God is the one who makes it grow. We all have a role to play. And our motivation for planting or watering shouldn't come from this selfish idea that we can do something to earn God's favor, to get on God's good side, to add one more good deed to our long list of things we've done for God. Ever heard the phrase, God helps those who help themselves? Some people might believe that this phrase comes from the Bible, but it doesn't. I've heard it comes from Benjamin Franklin. How different is what Paul says in Romans 5, verse 8? But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While Ben Franklin says God helps those who help themselves, God's word says that God helps those who cannot help themselves. This is the good news that we share, how God has created us, how he has redeemed us, and how he can use us with all our cracks to share his message. This is my story. This is your story. But really, this is his story. Amen. Now the peace of God which passes all understanding Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our risen Savior. Amen.